0: This is the Connecticut Business Podcast, show number five. Let's say if this, these 5,000 impressions costed you $500, but yeah, this, sign right. up, this sign up over the year is gonna earn you a thousand, then obviously you doubled your money. Yeah. So the, to me, that's successful. Welcome to the CT Business Podcast, where we interview Connecticut business owners and professionals like yourself. Together, we'll learn how to start, grow, and maintain a Connecticut business. Here's your host, Jordan Kenyon.
1: How's it going, everybody? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Connecticut Business Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Kenyon, and today we have a great episode planned, cover a lot of marketing material with our guest, Chaz Elliott, who works for the Day Publishing Company. Chaz was born and raised in Texas and attended the University of Texas where he joined the Navy, which ended up bringing him to Connecticut, where he finished his degree at UConn. He has a wonderful wife, Jeannie, with two awesome boys, Chase and Ryder. He's been working in the advertising and marketing field for over five years, just joined The Day recently, which has the largest circulation of papers in Southeastern Connecticut. Along with The Day, they published 15 weekly community papers, three quarterly magazines, Chaz does all forms of advertising for his clients, but he specializes in digital advertising. The digital advertising aspect is very fluid, and there are changes and new technologies that happen in this realm constantly. This keeps him busy learning new technologies and programs in order to keep up with an ever-changing form of advertising. So without further ado, let's introduce Chaz. Yeah, Yeah, why don't don't we start off by uh, you talking about how you got into the marketing world and uh, got into the day.
0: Yeah, so um, the way I got into marketing was I started working for a liquor and wine distributor, which brought markets or wines and liquors from out of the country to the American market. So it was really, um, you know, going out doing sales for that. There's a lot of guerrilla marketing. It's really on the ground, like doing your own marketing for it, um, building brands And then the company would either sell off the brand to another distributor and bring on a new one to build up or would keep it. And, um, you know, there's been several brands that they brought. I really enjoyed the job. I was there for about two and a half years. It was fun. um, But I saw an opportunity uh, for the Westerly Sun, which I applied for and got the position. And I worked there um, for about a year and a half it was really cool. Uh, um, I learned a lot. I took a lot of classes in advertising and marketing. Um, I took online courses for college, um, you know, just to supplement the learning and stuff. But a lot of it was just learning from the ground up the actual, um, advertising and marketing field. Um, I was approached by the, uh, CRO, the Chief Revenue Officer of the day, <clears throat> he asked if I'd be interested in joining um, up with them. So I met with them a few times. It seemed like a great jump. Um, not that the Westerly Sun was bad or anything. Um, it's a great paper. Uh, the day's just a little bit bigger and um, a little bit more circulation and a little bit more room for growth for me. Um, you know, right now I'm doing I have several clients. I manage their advertising marketing portfolios. I also have clients that just call me and say, Hey, I need to run an ad for this. What can you do? Um, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how it all started.
1: <laughs> so you never had formal education in the marketing. It was all.
0: Not until I started at the Westerly something.
1: So they actually sent you to schooling and,
0: uh, Yeah, there's a lot of online classes that you can do through uh, media organizations like local media association has a ton of classes that you can take um just teaching you the ins and outs of the different types of advertising there's also a google trainer like if you can get google certified which i am and uh it basically teaches you the ins and outs of how google adwords or google search display um, all the different products that they offer and then once you finish those classes you're certified in them Um, and then i did take a few um University classes online for it, too, while I was at the Westerly Sun. I I did that on my own just because I wanted to learn more and faster, which helps a lot. So
1: how tough was Google Trainer to actually learn how Google's algorithm works?
0: It wasn't, it wasn't hard. Um, You know, I had had some experience starting at the Westerly Sun with like, you know, the Google analytics and I played with it a lot myself and I had taught myself certain things. What it does in the trainers is it teaches you how to open up your options. And, you know, the the day is a Google uh, partner. So we have a lot of assets that we can use with Google. So, for instance, Google AdWords, you know, the, it's all auction system, the words you're buying to use for this search. Um, those change daily. And so, what, as a Google partner, we have the option to go in and we'll put in what the business type is, what they're looking for, and it'll give us a, a generated list of price-wise words and the best words to use, the words not to use, the ones that are getting more clicks in the general industry. That's kind of what it teaches you when you do the certification through Google, how to do that stuff. Um, it also teaches you, you know, um, just the basics as well for anyone who doesn't know how to do it, um, you know, or how it works. You, it teaches you from the basics all the way to the, the, the tools you can use to help your clients, basically.
1: So what you, you talked about uh, the day being a uh, Google partner. So what? other things separate the day from other publishing companies?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing that separates the day from other media outlets and companies is that it's not corporately owned. The day is operated by a split interest trust um, that was started by the original founder of the day newspaper. the trust devotes its attention to two different things. One is the newspaper and, and keeping it running and keeping everything, updating the technology we have. For instance, we're most likely going to be moving to a new building and setting up a new software. That So basically keeping us up to standard. The other half of the trust is the from our profits that we make gets donated to a charitable foundation. So it's called the Bowdoin Line Public Benevolent Foundation. Um, what this does, how it's set up, is that it ensures that the newspaper will remain independent and locally owned and that profits from the newspaper are distributed to the nonprofit organizations within our coverage area. So it's they've donated up, I think it's just over $6 million so far to local charitable foundations. Wow. Yeah. So there's no, there's no corporate CEO putting money in his pockets. It's a company that the profits are split between um, building that company further and donating to charity.
1: So there's no corporate greed. At it.
0: Exactly. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's corporate media companies that are great and they have a lot of assets and tools, but I think this is what separates the day from them in one way. You know, and and that's the biggest way. And one of the reasons that leaned me into joining the company. So So in your opinion,
1: do you think uh, the way the day operates, uh, it better serves the clients because they're more into how your customers' performance is rather than just upselling through the whole process?
0: Well, I mean, with any business, it's always your your goal is always to increase profitability and to yeah. increase, you know, in, in sales, increase customer buys. But in it the day is very supportive of of local companies and and our clients and the local nonprofits in the area. So I think adding that special step with our clients and them knowing that the profits are being split to be making the day better. And some of it going to the charities that are in their neighborhoods kind of sub- separates us from other ones. And you guys are running free advertising
1: right now for companies affected by the coronavirus, right? Or is it just anybody?
0: Yep. Yeah, well, so li- right now, uh, because of this whole uh, COVID-19 pandemic slash crisis that's going on, We got together as a team and decided that the best thing we could do to help people, especially businesses that are still open and can help people um, and still serve people, would be to give them some option that didn't cost so many money. So we're calling it our Partner Success Program.
1: What it is
0: is there we are giving away two, two column by three inch ads to be used in the day or any of our weekly papers. So they'd get two, that could be split up however they want, they could put them both in the day or one in the day and one in say the line times. But we're also giving them 20,000 impressions to use on the day.com as digital advertising to draw people to their website or their e-commerce platforms or whatever. And with this uh, COVID-19 situation, um, our web traffic to the day.com has been incredible, insane they dropped the paywall, um, for the day.com for anything pertaining to the COVID-19, uh, crisis. So people can go on there without a subscription and view all of them that they want. So the last update I got was that, um, we were up in unique users by 30%, um, oh, wow. over this time last year. And we were up in page views by 197%. last oh, wow. year.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, it's, it's, The traffic for the past three weeks, two and a half weeks has been pretty incredible. So it's a great time to utilize those free digital ads if you've never done them before and see if they work because we get full reporting on those digital ads. So
1: out of the companies that have taken advantage of it, are you able to see, has it improved their business at all?
0: well what it is so like um this is what's weird is we put an ad in the paper um and there's um other advertisings that we're doing to announce this program but i haven't gotten the response that i thought i would get especially for people in the coverage area where i do i figured i'd be inundated with calls and i think that people don 't think it 's real, they think there may be a catch to it, like oh they 're going to give us free advertising, but then I have to sign up for and that 's not what we 're trying to do what we 're trying to do is to help our small businesses and other businesses survive during this time by helping out in this way it 's just another way, another form of like charity in our is what we 're kind of looking at
1: it yeah
0: exactly so the companies that have called.
1: Uh, yep. have they gotten sales from it or so
0: we we just announced this on monday so oh. we have been in process of building the ads the ads will start running next week most likely for most of them so i haven't gotten that that um answer yet cuz this is a relatively new program it was just announced on monday so Um, The other cool thing is that, oh, sorry, what I wanted to say is that for anyone watching, the way to take advantage of those free ads is if they go to www.theday.com backslash supporting business, and then there will be a form for them to fill out, and it'll sign them up for the program, and whichever rep is in their area will contact them as soon as they get that form.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. What businesses are you seeing that are taking advantage of it?
0: Well, I have um, some retail places that are still open for non, uh, so for instance, like Bowerbird in East Lime, they're one of the ones that are going to take advantage of it. They have e-commerce platform where people, they can deliver locally and, or for curbside pickup. Um, so they're one of the ones, um, a few restaurants that are doing curbside takeout or delivery. Um, also, um, some dog training places, uh, dog grooming places, places that you wouldn't think may be open that are open. And, you know, dog grooming, a lot of people wouldn't think that that would be deemed an essential business. But it. dog grooming is leaped in there with, like, veterinary care as well as uh, boarding for people who can't, like if something happens, they have to put put their animal somewhere. So.
1: So for the businesses that are able to stay open, what would you recommend for them as far as advertising? Do you think they should increase their advertising efforts or do
0: you think that they should slow them down? I think that the answer to that depends on where they are as a company. Obviously, there are some people that are very small uh, business owners that, even though they do own a business, they're not making you know a hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. They're Which making enough. To, we do. Exactly, they're making enough to support their family, or uh, you know, a man and his wife, or a wife and her wife, or you know, a mom and her daughter. You know, um, it's not. Necessarily, that every business is this huge mega money maker just because they own a business. Now, the first thing I would recommend is to take advantage of any free things that they can do. So, taking advantage of their social media pages, um, their Facebook, their Instagram, um, um, Pinterest, if their if their stuff is very visual or art like. Um, um, if businesses are trying to recruit employees, take advantage of LinkedIn. Um, the 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 offer that the day is putting out, absolutely free. These are things that they could take advantage of that cost absolutely nothing. Um, just a little bit of your time during the day. Now the people who can afford to I would definitely recommend um advertising and if you're in a business that is succeeding right now for instance like a grocery store a lot of the package stores are recording record numbers right now um I would absolutely advertise um you know one of the package stores I represent Village Wines has offered delivery in their area and it's something new that they never had so they've been advertising that Um, every week. And, um, and it's working out for them. Um, Restaurants, the same thing. If a restaurant can afford to promote their, um, their curbside pickup, or no touch uh, pickup, you know, there's a lot of things that people are implementing, where, you know, no touch delivery, You, you call order, give your card over the line, they come to your door, they knock, they sit it down, they leave. Then you come what, out. What about those businesses that
1: are either a out of business because they have been shut down by the, the by the quarantine and non essentials, and then also the businesses that are indirectly affected because of sales that that they aren't grocery stores, they aren't package stores.
0: they're, yeah. they're open, but they're not getting the traffic. Right. So if you're not getting the traffic, it's because people don't know you're open. Number one could be probably the biggest reason. And, you know, taking advantage of the free options that I mentioned just a little bit ago would be great for them. But if they can afford during this time, especially businesses that are closed, let's people right now are sitting at home thinking of the things, everything in their home that they want done, you know, that they can't do. Everyone yep. is looking at this, you know, this fireplace, I can't stand it. I want to get a, a pellet fireplace, you know, and they're looking at it every day, all day. Or they're looking at playground equipment in their yard saying, man, that thing is ratty. I need to get a new one. It's, they're all thinking about this. So this is a good time still for branding for customers, for advertising when this is over um, I have a, a home builder who's advertising and specifically changed his ad this week to say, we are starting the planning for post-COVID-19 in summer and fall for home building and stuff like that. They're specifically letting people know that we know you want to do this. Let us start the planning. So that, that, way, way, that way, when this is over, we can get started. Yeah. And it's, it's, And it's a tough situation. A lot of these people that were forced to close because the government told them to, you know, that it's a hard position to be put in. They probably already had to make a lot of tough decisions regarding employees. Um, But one of the things I would absolutely recommend if, um, if a business has had to close and they have employees they're worried about is to try to consult with an employment lawyer that can explain the entire situation, all these new laws that have passed, all this new help that has passed. And because it's confusing, even the lawyers are having trouble understanding some of it. But now that it's been out there for a while, they've been able to look into it and get questions from answered by judges and stuff.
1: So yeah, I would. get. And I was just reading an article before we hopped on saying that, uh, the new uh, SBA loans that were just released today—I believe the Payroll Protection Program—it was released today, but uh, self-employed and uh, 1099 contractors have to wait another week because uh, they, the banks don't even know what's going on because they only—they it was released today, but they only were notified about the actual specifications last night, so they haven't even gotten a chance to read it.
0: And it may cause a delay. And, you know, at that time, that's when you just try to have people, you know, hang in there, do what you can. And unfortunately, some of these, you know, crisis packages will like the payroll protection one, the one of the requirements for it is that you can't lay off or fire anyone for the time being of that program. And if you do, that's when you earn penalties and stuff like that. Um, And, people who didn't know this was going to pass that had to make a decision last week, unfortunately, might not be able to take part of that without penalties. Um, but now that it's out there and you're a business who is teeter tottering and you're maybe thinking, you know, do we have to lay someone off? Do we have to furlough someone? I would, I would absolutely look into, um, research it yourself if you have questions consult with an employment lawyer because they're the ones who have been really raking over this stuff
1: so going back to what you had said about the businesses uh taking advantage of free advertising through social medias nope. how can a company that say didn't have a social uh presence get one right now that might help them yeah uh, and- I know Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn have different uh, mindsets almost when you're on them. So let, let's go with Facebook. If, if somebody doesn't have a Facebook presence, uh, how could they start one uh,
0: right now? Yeah, I mean, so we have a lot, there's a lot of things they can do, right? You don't have a social media presence just because either you don't understand the technology or you just didn't want it. Or you didn't feel like you needed it. Now, I always try to tell my clients that you have to have some sort of social media. It's the easiest free way to have uh, yourself in the public eye and spread a message um, straight from your mouth. Um, you know, the first thing you're obviously gonna have to do is, you know, create the account, set up everything. And then once you get to that point where you're set up, you're going to really want to backlog in some, you know, photos of your work, uh, photos of um, your your team, yourself, the building. Um, you're really going to want to build in uh, content for, you know, what you do. There's several options on the, when you're the admin of a Facebook page where you can go in and set it to where if someone messaged you, there's an automatic reply. That way, they're not waiting for you to check your Facebook. They get an automatic reply. And then Facebook notifies you that someone messaged you. And you can go check that message and then contact them once you, um, once you're able to um there's so, There's. yeah no go ahead no there's just several ways to set up your account to where it's very easy to manage and it notifies you if you need something if you need so, to do something or respond
1: back into the content what kind of content works on Facebook
0: so you definitely want you don't want it to be super text heavy um you know this is just the top of mind stuff that I'm thinking about. The images that you do create, you want them to be powerful. Um, you want them to be um, interesting. Um, you want to kind of create a hashtag is, is one of the things that some companies do. They try to create a hashtag that's relevant. That way, people can search hashtags and your thing can pop up because of that hashtag. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about it and it and some of it depends on the type of business that you are as
1: well. So so let, let's go with a more selfish question for me, I guess. Yeah. Let's go with uh uh contractors, you know, roofers, yeah. landscapers, home builders, that mm-hmm. industry, what kind of content works for them on Facebook?
0: You know selfishly on my end, you know, we had Pete come in and do our front garden, you know, in front of our house. And one of the cool things that was cool about that was the time lapse that you did of you doing the front garden. Um, It's, it's not super long, number one, so people's attention is kept. And then number two, I'm able to share that, you're able to share that, and then once I share it to my neighborhood, you know, forum that we have for the neighborhood I live in, then I have people contacting me saying, "Oh, wow, that's awesome! Who did that?" It's an easy, quick way to get people to see it. it it's visually stunning. It shows the work that went into it, and at the same time, it doesn't take five hours to watch. So, so I think
1: uh, so. Something that we started doing on our construction projects was. Uh, time-lapsing a I I have hours of time-lapsed footage of the actual job but we have we have drone footage and we put together a a minute-long max video Uh, and then what we did is we added uh, animation of our logo in the first five seconds Mm -hmm. so do you think companies in our industry uh, should start moving more towards that with maybe a short paragraph describing the job that
0: they did? in the Yeah, video. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Any kind of graphics or art that you can put onto it to help your branding in the video, because just because I share it, doesn't mean that my friends are gonna know that, oh, this is peak landscaping. You know, what, what would help is that it, no matter if the video is coming from you or me, that branding that you put into the actual video of your logo and stuff, I would also at the end, you know, put your phone number, the website, something like that. That way anyone watching instantly knows how they can get in touch with you. Um, you know, branding, a lot of people overlook branding. They think of branding as, as something that McDonald's does, as something that, you know, Big Y does. And that's not the point at all the point of branding is that to give you or give people top of mind awareness if they see your logo enough and know what you do the next time landscaping something landscaping in their yard pops up for first thing that pops in their mind peak landscaping
1: you I'm know i should sure. And that style of content should work at least in, in my industry with contractors. Maybe, maybe going towards uh, builders and roofers if they did same thing with time lapsing their jobs and yeah. before and afters and things of that nature. So anything that can really, and our especially because our business is very visual. So yeah, yeah. What about um someone in say like a more brick and mortar uh industry that yeah. could use facebook maybe they don't maybe their business isn't as visual as ours maybe they're selling clothing or dog uh dog products or something like that where it's yeah it's a little bit less visual
0: i mean with those two with those two things there are ways to make it visual so that way it does work whatever platform you're trying to do. Um, you know, one of the things I've been seeing lately from people who are like um, small boutiques is they're having their sister or their sister's kid modeling like the outfits and taking photos of them, like at the park, or at, in the store shopping, you know, whatever it is, but there are ways to make almost any, any business visual, um, and if someone's stuck with how to do that, that, I mean, the greatest thing about our time is Google, <laughs> you can search, how can I advertise my business in a visual way, you know, or how can I, you can search for anything and there's going to, you're going to find an answer. It might not be a great one every time, but there's ways out there um, to do it. And I've never been a hands-on type of person, but I literally fixed the door the other day. (laughs) And I changed the alternator in my car, all based off of Google like how Google, yeah exactly and and the the information that's at our fingertips nowadays is amazing so you know off of the social media thing
1: one of the other
0: thing that i have i feel people are having issue with right now is kind of lead generation Mm -hmm. and we have all these people at home that have nothing to do Um, you know, unless they are working from home, obviously they're still working, but there's a lot more free time on your hand working from home. I'm working from home most of the time, but I still have two kids that have schooling. My wife's working from home. So it's a very busy house right now, you know, much more busier than it ever has been. Um, so you have a lot more time on your hands. And one of the options that's out there is doing contests. Um, and any media company can do this. We do all kinds of contests for the day, and you know, um, so like driveway pavers, right? They did a contest. It's a case study on it. Did a contest of the ugliest driveway in, let's say, you know, Groton, and people would send in pictures of their driveway, and then the company picked the ugliest driveway they locked, they of all the photos. And then they got a free driveway makeover, basically. But so from that program, they spent approximately $25,000 on it, right? But from the leads that program generated of people's driveways, they ended up doing $280,000 in business. Wow. So it's, you got to think about, you know, the gift they gave away was a big gift you know, it was a big prize to win. That took up, you know, probably 2250 of the 25000 The other 2000 whatever was charges for, you know, gas or, and the contest itself and other things. Yeah. But, um, if there's, there's also ways to get in group contests, which I do those a lot for companies. So, um, for let's say your business is in downtown mystic we could get 10 businesses together to all be a part of the contest and each business only give away like a $100 or a $50 gift card not only is it promoting your business but at the end of these contests you get the database of the people that entered the contest as these are people who apparently enjoy downtown mystic and want to go to these stores in mystic um but it cuts the cost down so much and the prize you're it, you're giving isn't a very big financial hit for you but all together with all of the businesses it ends up being like a $500 gift for the grand prize winner and it's a great way to get leads you know after the contest i always recommend to my clients you know you need to send an email thank you so much for entering the contest we're sorry you didn't win but the ne- if you come in by May 31st, take 15% off your total order, or you get a a free gift with any purchase over $50, something to that effect. That way, it's you're still relevant on the customer's mind, and you got all these leads, you might as well take advantage of them.
1: So, so what do you see as the crossover with that when after they sell, after they send the email? Cause yep. now, that could also go into your, uh, another question, uh, for a follow-up for this is, yeah A, does email marketing still work? And B, um, what's the crossover after they send that email after the contest?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, email marketing definitely works. It's a lot of it is how you do it. Um, and a lot of it is also the targeting that you use. So if you just, for email marketing's different in this way, is that when you get this list of emails, unless they are all signups for your news for your email and newsletter, people can go out and buy lists to send a blanket email out. Now, depending on how you narrow down the demographics in that list depends on how successful you are. Like I could get a list right now of 90,000 emails of people who live between Mystic and Eastline. Now that's not very targeted. Yeah. <laughs> so depending on what you're doing, it's, you know, it's not going to be very effective. Now, if you have the right consultant that can tell you, you know, like, okay, you're a landscaping company. So you're obviously only one of this email to go to homeowners, um, you're going to want this to go to homeowners who can afford to have a landscaping company. So possibly, you know, homes that make over $75,000 a year. Um, you may want um, also uh, condo owners or condo management companies. You know, at the more you narrow it down, the more focused your email goes to, and the more quality audience that, That you get from your email which improves your open rates as well as your click through rates. How important is the body of the email? So you want the email obviously with any type of advertising if they just get an email that's all text they might read the first two uh, sentences and then they're done. Um, you, You want it to be visually appealing, you want it to be balanced, Um, You don't want it to have the effect to where when they open it, there's a bunch of those boxes with Xs. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to be formulated properly to where when it opens in a browser, it's not overloaded with Java stuff. It's not overloaded with images that take a while to download because that's when those Xs pop up. So it's, you know, constant contact. Um, you know, there's a few other ones out there that have easy to build, you know, um, uh, email platforms for businesses. Um, And they tend to work pretty well, but you just need to keep an eye on the sizes of the images you're doing, um, the amount of text you're putting in, and you always, always need a call to action. You need to have a purpose for the email. You know, I'm, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some businesses do. Like, I have a business that's sending a, out a "we're thinking of you" email, basically. You know, like we miss you. We're 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 in this together. We can't wait to see you when this is done. There's still a call to action: buy a gift card to come see us when we're when this is all over. You know, something to that effect. You always need a call to action. So how
1: how how can you make sure that they open it? The subject is the first thing they see. So how you want bold letters, you want exclamation points, uh, less is more.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, based on the on the message you're trying to convey, yeah, bold letters will help, but you don't want it to all be bold. Maybe bold the first letter of every word, or um, they have ways where you know, emojis, you know, stuff like that in the subject line or even coloring the text, though some can find that not as appealing as other businesses, you know, like Bowerbird, coloring the text would make sense because it's a gift store, a souvenir store, while a hardware store coloring the text not so so much, you know. Um, But you want the subject matter to be appealing enough for them to open, you know, so you're like, um, for, let's just say it is a hardware store and it's just prior to uh winter and they just got their shipment of snowblowers in, and that's what they're trying to promote. You know, um, hurt your back last year, check out these snowblower deals, you know, something to that effect, you know, something, and that's just what popped in my head right there. But you sit with, I sit with my client, I consult with them and we kind of brainstorm like, okay, what is this going to be all about what's our whole target for why we're doing this let's come up with some catchy headlines and let's put it in front of a group of people and see which one gets the most cuz if you have a group of 10 people and you put out five subject lines seven of them like one of them but only three like the other ones you know then it's then it's kind of a a visual standard of how that they're going to react to the email as well
1: so do you guys, when you, you're testing different headlines, like you said, do you guys use uh, things like Add Espresso?
0: I, uh, me personally, I don't. Um, I'm sure there are people who do. Um, what I do is, you know, I've always felt that I I have a very creative mind. I look at things a little differently. Um, I tr- I try to think outside of the box as well as – streamline and mainstream because i think the best thing you can do is kind of a mix of both if you can mix in some outside of the box thinking with the mainstream you know we're going to get a lot of people the outside the box thinking i i feel is what draws that interest it's like huh you know and um So what I do is we have a team of people that I meet with every week. And when I have stuff like this, it's about 12 people in the meeting. You know, when it comes to my turn, I'm like, okay, here's my things I want help with from all of you. And then I lay out like, you know, a subject line for an email, or I say, you know, a a catch line for a new business and their new advertising. And I'll say, these are the things that we came up with. What do you think? And then they'll say which ones they like the most, but every now and then you'll get one from someone there. That's like, I think it'd be great if you added this. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. You know, it's kind of like a meeting of the heads of all the people that do the same thing I do. Yeah. So yeah. um, where, where am I going with
1: that? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, here we are. So how do you know when an ad is performing? To your standards obviously you guys get the data from the back end but what what parameters define a successful
0: ad so a lot of the times um, when i talk to my clients um, it, it depends on what the goal of their whole advertising campaign is so if their goal is signups then that's how I base the goal. Like you may have gotten a 1.2 click-through rate, which is phenomenal, (laughs) but how many signups did you get? You know, if they, if they got no signups from it, then I don't consider the the campaign as being effective. Like they, they had engagement, but no one signed up, you know? Um, So The way I gear my campaigns when I do my consultations is I'm very, I try to be as thorough as possible. Number one, I'll ask, What have you tried before for this? Did it work? What was good about it? What wasn't good about it? Have you tried this? You know, what is the entire goal of this campaign? How do you want to measure if this campaign is successful? And by being very thorough with your consultation, it helps you build the correct advertising platforms to use to get the results that they would consider a successful campaign.
1: So uh, I have a a real world example from from an ad that I I set up. Mm -hmm. Now, if this was a campaign that you guys had done, how would you guys – handle it so i i had a when i was doing marketing for our maintenance packages mm-hmm. I sent a, a, a ad, and you ever hear of click funnels uh me personally no so it's like it it's not really geared for my business but i made it work for my business Uh huh. you know how it, like you click on something and it says oh give me your email address and then yep you give them the email then they send you an email and it's upsell to a whole like big ticket yep. item that's the whole point of Click Funnels, but I liked it because I, okay, I, I thought could, you
0: were talking about a business called ClickFunnels. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's, the business
1: is called Click Funnels, but it's okay. exactly that's what it is. its got it's, it. Yeah, uh, it's a sales funnel. Yeah, and so uh, I like it because I can make one-page websites without yeah. having to. Go, so I can buy a domain and then make the website specific for the campaign. Right. Not really what the whole. Uh, click funnel system is for, but it works because of that reason. So I made a one page ad for my maintenance packages Yep. and I had 453 clicks and I think I had like 5,000 impressions or something like that. And I had three signups. Would you guys, and then I closed one out of those three. Would you consider that a successful click through and if not how would you guys then analyze that data to then fix it for your client
0: if it was only 5000 did you say 5000 I, five, I believe it was
1: i believe it was 5000 impressions okay.
0: Uh, okay 453 clicks on 5000 impressions is amazing
1: okay. very
0: very good that for a click through rate now three people what were what did you say the three people did
1: they They actually ended up
0: signing up
1: but then out of the three out of the three leads i closed one
0: okay so three leads one close so the way if if your whole goal was to get signups you know you got you got or to get uh closes you got one close. But one of the ways I would look at this is number one, the click through rate was amazing. The message apparently appealed to whatever it was that you created. Number two, what was the price of the program and what was the overall income from the one close? And then base it off your return on investment. So let's say if this, these 5,000 impressions costed you five hundred dollars but this sign up this sign up over the year is going to earn you a thousand then obviously you doubled your money
1: yeah
0: so to me that's successful now if to an owner who only all he wanted was i'm going to judge this on if i get five signups no matter how you explain it to them, it's not going to be successful to them because they wanted five signups or five closes. But in my opinion, the way I would try to work it out is like, look, your return on investment is there. You doubled it. If you double the investment next time, expect double the, the reaction that you're getting. And you may, instead of one close, get three close. And then you're almost you know what is 150% off of the so, so let's play
1: say those numbers were bad yeah on your end what would you guys do to try and change it for the next run
0: yep so um we could there's some things that uh, so was this on Facebook or what yeah was it? I,
1: I ran it through ad espresso okay uh, got it. and you, on there, you can do different headlines, different bodies. So I think it okay. ended up being like two hundred different variations with between the pictures, the headlines, and things okay. like that. Okay. So. Um, and then,
0: what about demos? Did all the demos vary also?
1: Yeah, I had four different demos. Uh, okay. That worked differently, and uh, they didn't. It was really one picture and one body outperformed everything. Yep. And then the demos kind of floated. It, it, okay. There wasn't an over
0: Okay, got it. So how drastic were the images and messages different? Uh, like?
1: One was short form,
0: very okay. right to the point.
1: Yep. One was very long form. And then the pictures were, the over-indexing picture was a very large job we did in Groton. Uh, of a yard that hadn't been touched all year and then we came in and basically make just made the yard look amazing
0: that was was it kind of like a before and after
1: yeah they're uh, above and below each other Uh, same you know with little split Uh, that was the over indexing picture and then there was four different four different headlines on the link Uh, you know get sign up before this date, get this. Are you are you ready for a landscaper? Landscaping for as low as
0: X. Yep. Um and so yeah. Okay. Which one of them was the one that outperformed or overperformed?
1: Long form body. Okay. That that before and after picture. Yep. And then your landscaping for as low as $72 a
0: week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so what you're appealing to there, number one, visually, this is why I'm thinking it it was the more successful one. Number one, the main headline draws your ear right away. Like landscaping for as low as $72 a week. You know, amazing. Like you're pointing out, you're not saying – people tend to make the mistake sometimes of saying the yearly cost or the monthly cost. But when you break it down to the lowest number you can, it tends to help the audience ear and eye. Um, They're like, Oh, wow. You know, when you break it down to 72 bucks a, a week, I can afford that. But you know, $280 a month does not sound as nice as $72 a week. You know? Yeah. And um, uh, so that's one aspect of it. I think the other subject lines you had weren't bad. The only one, like, "Do you, are you ready for a landscaper yet?" It was a little vague. I think, um, and I see why it would have maybe underperformed a little. The the before and after photo for landscaping is is like the magic one. That's like the magic rule for landscaping is before and after of the worst job when you walk up and you saw this job you're like oh my gosh what am i going to do here and then the after of like wow look what he did to this that's that's like the money maker for landscaping so i'm not surprised that that one um uh was the overforming or the overperforming you know photos that you use um as far as if if it were me, and those were the results we got, I would obviously run that same one again, and maybe change the other variations to something uh, that would try to appeal more to it. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head oh, something.
1: Yeah. Would you Would you double down on that ad? and then run other variations like you're saying, uh, cause we were we were running $25 a day for okay. that. So we ended up running it. Uh, we did 250 on that variation and then another 250 on another variation. Okay. Um, but yeah, would you double down, say go $20 a day on that specific ad and then maybe do another variation segment of to try try another one out maybe to a certain audience?
0: Right, so you made $500 off of the clothes, basically, right? So you spent 500, but you got a thousand out of it, if that's te- the theoretical thing we're doing. yeah. Now sure. you have your 500 back that you originally started with, and you have a little bit more. So let's say, okay, you know what? We spent 25 total last time let's do the 25 for just this one that performed very well and then maybe $10 on these other ab testing ones that you want to do so then you up your budget by 10 bucks but you're loading the money in or 10 bucks per week you're loading the money into the one you know performed well
1: um like and we use that for a landscaping example because obviously I have the data for right. that one, but that could be used in any industry uh, yes. as far as you know if the numbers were off and what, if you did do a b testing double down on your positive result what right. if what if all your variations were bad you, so you didn't have your nothing performed like you wanted, and
0: would you just scrap it or would you go I mean, into Go ahead. No. I mean, fortunately, I've never had something, that situation happen. There's always been some kind of traction or always something good that you can see. Um, but, you know, there, there are times when something's not going to work. Um, and, and it could have been at any given number of reasons. You know, um, let's say you decided to run this landscaping ad in march and then out of your control if it snowed the next day and for a week no who's thinking about landscaping when it's snowing you know there could have been outside circumstances that affected this the promotion that you were trying to do it not only that economic things um you know like this say you put out an ad you know a promotion Five weeks ago say sign up sign up before march whatever i'm sure there it would have been affected in some way you know um but um if there was no success at all i would definitely reevaluate the planning um and get input from friends other business owners um you know if you're in a bni group you know this is a business owners podcast you know if you're in a bni group or other networking group pass ideas by them you know you you'd be surprised where some of the best ideas i've ever gotten have come from
1: so is you know it's almost like your own focus group exactly you can bring them your you can bring them your ad and then you know say hey does this sound good put yourself in a customer's shoes does this what does this make you want to click
0: Right. Hey, Jordan, you know what? Tomorrow at, you know, 12, let's catch a cup of coffee. I want to, I want to chat with you about something real quick. It's as simple as that, you know? And, and if he's, if he can't, then another friend, you know, it's, it's one of the things I would not recommend is asking your mom, because she will always say you're amazing. (laughs) Luckily for me, my mom is
1: brutally honest. So I will send her I'll send her some pictures and some ads, and although she doesn't fall into my ideal client, she does make me think outside the box, and she'll make me change my ads. And, you know, and going to your, your thing of just calling somebody up, it could be a, a something as simple as what I've done is just
0: screenshot it and then send it out and, yep. and say, hey, what do you think? Yep, yep. And people who are in the industry, you know, me and you have, have a relationship, you know, I've used your business, you've used mine before, you know, and you, I feel like you feel comfortable always giving me a call like, Hey, can we meet up and chat about this? Let me know what your instincts are on this. You know, what do you think? You know, that's the cool thing about having people in this industry, especially when it comes to helping promote your businesses. Is we may have ideas that that you don't have or if we don't know the answer to the question you're asking we can find it out from someone
1: you yeah know? so when running a, a paid ad how important is the audience because i've seen people say that their broad audience has outperformed their target audience
0: yep and 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 it's i mean you know it's i tell people all the time you know you can give a a a monkey a dart he's going to hit a bullseye every now and then you know it it doesn't matter you know and what was the uh infinite monkey theorem you know where they say you know you put a monkey given an infinite amount of time if you put a monkey at a typewriter eventually he's going to type out the works of master work of mark twain you know it's things happen Things don't perform sometimes as well as other things. But what you do is you look at it over trends. You know, you can like subjugate it to just one simple narrow thing. But if you look at trends over time, that tends to help. So although this campaign, the broad audience worked well over the targeted audience, you'd want to compare it to trends from other businesses in your, in, your, um,
1: in your line of
0: work. So if the trend, and that's where Google's really helpful, like the, the media companies can look this stuff up. If the trend is showing that, yeah, the, the targeted audience is above average while the broad audience is down here as over a year span, you know, you could think of it as it, that was the anomaly. You know what I mean? Um, You want to gather information over time. And it's, I believe I may have told you this before, but you know, when you're doing targeted ads, you want at least three months worth of data. Without that, you don't have enough data to know. And that's still a very small amount of data. Like that's bare minimum. If I'm talking with someone about targeted ads, Especially, you know, display Google ads or programmatic ads or contextual ads. Like, these are ones where you need data. You know, m- my recommendation is always a minimum. 50000 a month and three months worth of data gives me a baseline to know how it's going. So, where
1: are, how are people collecting the data? Are they just from analytics or
0: analytics signups uh some of them can have uh so like for google adwords they have um phone lines where it's a different number but it connects to your actual phone line and it records how many people call you based off of that ad now there's Uh even an option where they can record the phone call so that you can listen to the calls and see if they were actual, like did someone accidentally push the button and then when you answer, there's no one there? Um, Or was this an actual conversation of, and I can show, hey, you got 115 calls based off these Google AdWords, which is 115 leads. And then all of a sudden you're you're listening to the recordings and the receptionist is not very helpful. And then you're like, oh, okay, the leads are coming in, but the receptionist doesn't know the product. We need to train her. Or, you know, we're getting the leads, but we're just not closing the, the sales, you know. Um, Which there then goes so- into
1: the back end problem of you got to change your sales process or how you handle your exactly, leads.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and there's just so much stuff out there that it's a lot to know and it can overwhelm. A small business owner or something <laughs> a
1: lot to cover in one podcast
0: so yeah
1: <laughs> a good follow-up off of that one is it can overwhelm a small business owner so how important is it to a business owner that may uh, I'll have a two-part for this one actually but how how important would it be for a business owner to get set up with a company like yours or a marketing agency or somebody that has experience that they they can then delegate the specifics to it because i might be able to run facebook ads but then to set up ads with certain phone numbers analyze those ads off of which phone numbers got the most then to know which audience and which demo and stuff like that that becomes a full-time job for multiple people
0: yeah so um so There's a lot to come with that. So you definitely want to have, um, you know, a media consultant that you trust and that is knowledgeable and that asks you the right questions. When you meet with a media consultant, you can get a feel for how how well they're going to represent your business by the questions they're asking about your campaigns. If they haven't, if they're coming, if you call them and you say, you know, I'm looking at doing some advertising, can we meet? And they go in and they not once ask you, you know, what's the goal of your advertising? Probably not the best media consultant, you know, because how can I put something together for you if I don't even know what the goal of what you're trying to do is. Um, if they don't ask you what have you had success with and what have you not, then they're going in there blind. They're pro- They may come back with a proposal for you that that is something you have tried but that failed miserably. And you know, it's um, so having confidence in your media consultant is a big thing. Now, once you get to the part where you feel like you can spend at least two grand a month in advertising um that's a point where you might want to start thinking um like agency or having a media buyer for you um at the day our agency is d2 they're they're amazing they do a great job and i had a client for instance a restaurant that opened an old line called kokomo's um They were, you know, they needed a lot of help at first. So I did a lot of the steps to get them to a point to where their advertising could be successful. Their website at the time had like no kind of keywords built into it. So the SEO was really not there to be able to run digital ads. So we kind of had to build them up to be able to run the digital ads. Once we got to the point where, they're successful, they knew they were going to stay open year round, and they were ready for the advertising. It became too much for me alone to handle all of the stuff they needed. So what I did was I referred them to our advertising agency, which has the ability to do TV, billboards, radio buys uh supermarket you know signs on the on the push gates or whatever they have a lot broader reach for me that can help someone that gets to that point of spending um they also the the marketing team the agency has less clients to have to deal with so the agency typically because they only deal with a little bit higher of the spending for advertising that agency has a core group of. 25 clients that they manage on a daily basis and they're nonstop that's all they do they're checking on those 25 clients every day or or every other day and then it's a very very close service very interweaved and the people in the agency that we have have been doing this for years and years. Like the agency has their own designers. They have their own ad assistant. They have their own um, sales team. They have their own, it's, it's completely its own little thing. And it encompasses a lot more than what I do for my clients. You know, the difference between them is they have 25 clients while I have 140 you know what I mean? So yeah. because a lot of minor, smaller clients that that I can deal with in a manner of a day or two. And, and then I have my larger clients also that just want to stay with me. And I meet with them quarterly and we go over their quarterly advertisements. It's usually a long meeting. But once we sit down, we have their next quarter planned out. And then from there, all it is is just getting the creative, organized and all of that. So how would you
1: advise a company that, say, isn't at the point of being able to hire an ad agency or even at the point that they can hire a marketing company to do things, run ads for them? Maybe maybe they're a startup and they, yeah. they're just bootstrapping it and they, they don't have the money to, pay. They, they can throw money at Facebook themselves, but they can't pay somebody to handle the back end management how would you right. advise that they handle their social medias and until they can get to that point like how can they get to you faster
0: yeah so i mean you know as a startup uh, the thing about startups is a lot of the times they're not that they're called startups for a reason they're not operational yet they have they're building the groundwork to get them to a point to where they can deliver on what they're trying to sell or or produce, um, so it's it's hard for them. The thing is, they do have a lot of resources. Um, I can't remember. I know there's one in Groton. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like it's like a group where you can go and um, there's other startups all in one building. Oh,
1: um, YP, I think young 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 professionals
0: right uh, so they have different ones they have one in Hartford there's one in New London there's one in Norwich there's one in Groton but it's like a shared office where Mm -hmm. you go in you have assets there at the office I know there's lawyers that volunteer time at those places to help these guys get set up contractually Um, and a lot of the people that are there can help like some of them do charge but like reduced rates some of them um, do it for free for like a percentage of the company, like once it does go. So it's it, they're really cool like workspace environments. I'm I'm sorry, the name of the one in Groton is slipping my head, but um, awesome. there, it's, yeah, yeah, it's and it's it's a phenomenal idea and it's a great way to um, to um, help advance yourself really quickly. Um, but in the meantime. It never hurts to advertise. I mean, building your Facebook up and, um, you know, as part of your schedule every day, the beginning of the day, an interesting post about your field and the, the news of the day for your field or something. At the end of the day, a photo of you doing something for your business that's interesting. So you got one post in the morning, one in the evening, one right when you get to work, one as you're leaving work. That way you get into the routine of, well, there's two messages a day, something cool about my field and then something awesome that I did, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or something like that. It's getting your name out there. And then obviously boosting, if you can, um, the thing about boosting is that it only goes to your friends and friends of friends. If you have the money and you go through the actual Facebook ad, like the sponsored content ad, that's where i would focus the money because that goes out to the broad spectrum of facebook not just friends and friends of friends Mm -hmm. and you can demo those as well so depending on what your company offers um and you would be surprised how inexpensive print advertising can be and i i get really tired of hearing i hear it a lot print is dead print's dying it's not going to be here the unique thing about our area here in southeastern Connecticut is that the demo is of an age that loved the newspaper. The demo of buyers out here are, you know, over that 45-year-old mark where they grew up, their dad, back then, their dad got the morning and the afternoon papers. You know, and every day it started with him reading the paper with a cup of coffee. And then in the evening, reading the paper with a, a glass of scotch. You know what I mean? Um, and then those are the people still here that um, and that build up our our circulation area. They love the paper. They love it. I, yeah. I'll give you an example. One of my clients, Scott's Meats um our writer who does reviews for stores did a review of his restaurant on a whim in the in the day the new london day for the next three weeks he was sold out by two o'clock every day wow literally the day after that review came out for the next three weeks he was sold out every day before two it never happened before it just shows the power of how print media works in our area it's the the reason it does work number 1 it's hyper local it's hyper regional for our area the news that people want to see and then number 2 it's the demo of the people who live in our area are paper readers
1: so yeah that's that's great so overall that there the might be paper might be trending down but our area at, is at least keeping it alive for now
0: right and and don't get me wrong there are areas in the country where print is it's having its difficulties but these are the areas like you're talking like silicon valley and you know you know very young demo areas the mm-hmm. young demos tend to be much more tech savvy, much more, if I can't do it on my phone, then I don't even want to, you know, <laughs> it's going to it. like, how, yeah, it's like, it, you mean I can't do it on my phone? Uh, you know? However, the people here are in that range where, you know, they're in, they're like, It's between, almost the opposite. Exactly. They're, they're like between the World War II generation and the boomers, you know? So, it's like you're in that area of people that still appreciate print. They appreciate the tactile feeling of holding a newspaper and reading a story. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the advantages of the area we live in, print. So, I don't, I don't want to keep going too
1: far. We could have two, three podcasts with the amount <laughs> of po- uh, the questions yeah. that can come out here. So, I want to ask a couple uh, more. Uh, okay. One that I think is important, especially for those business owners that can't afford uh to hire out for marketing
0: how do you go about putting a marketing calendar together so the the biggest thing about putting together a a, like a marketing plan or a proposal for a client is if they're very honest with me about their budget so that's that's one of the key things and and if they're honest with me about a budget i don't care if it's a hundred dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month you know a hundred dollars a month is very low but is it is so
1: is a hundred dollars a month doable for someone for can somebody come to you for a hundred dollars a month obviously it's probably not ideal uh and it probably won't work a lot but can somebody skate by with a hundred dollars a month if that's all they
0: have absolutely so with $100 a month, I could get them into our business directory in the, that comes out in every single weekly paper and in the New London Day um, on Thursdays, and it's a grouping of businesses all advertising for the different things. There's a lot of like plumbers and home builders and landscapers in this section, but I can get them a nice section covering about an eighth of a page biweekly, so every other week they could have an ad in every paper we do for a hundred dollars
1: so going in, back into the marketing calendar how do you how does someone how do you how do you put it together or how should somebody put together especially when you're forecasting for what like you're forecasting the whole year right
0: when you do that well it, de- it depends uh i only have one client that i do a yearly well i have two um that i do a yearly um Uh, proposal for and a contract, basically, typically, I work, I try to work most of them by quarters, because number one, it it keeps them keeps me fresh with them. It makes me have to check in with them. And it also makes me like, um, makes me feel responsible for them at the same time. And, and, um, but, you know, and then we can break it up into seasons too, because a lot of the work around here is seasonal. Yeah. So if I know that, you know, th- there's no purpose in me planning for anything after Labor Day for them because they shut down Labor Day and then they open back up in, you know, Memorial Day. I know that in March I'm contacting them saying, hey, when do you want to set up our appointment for your ad plan coming up this summer? We set up a date well in advance of when everything's going to go. We talk about ideas. We talk about, what they felt was successful last year, anything new they're doing this year um, and stuff like that. So any new client, when I go in, um, I'll also, you know, kind of say, I'll I'll ask all the questions that I need to ask. What's the goals? What do you do? You know, how do you want me to do this? Um, And ask what their expectation is of me basically. And then once I have a budget, I can go back and do my research with Google, with print. Um, I talk with the agency guy a lot too, Dave Geller who runs D2, and kind of brainstorm what the best package I can put together for them. So, so
1: is a marketing calendar literally pre-writing ads for the, for the whole quarter? Or do you have a general idea of what you're gonna do over the
0: course? It's more getting the information from the client. So let's say I'm meeting for first quarter. Uh, so I'm meeting with them and I'm out, okay, what do you have coming up in January? Oh, okay, in January, we have all, all the month of January, we give away free ballet lessons for each, uh, uh, for each week in January. You can come for free to see if you want to sign up for ballet. Like, okay, that's what we're gearing our advertising for. You know, we're promoting your free ballet classes in January to try to get leads and get you more people to sign up for the classes okay how about February well in February we have our signups for the intensive summer camp program okay well let's we need to get these people in and so we I have an idea of what each month we need to focus on and then as that month approaches we organize the creative for that month and then it's kind of like a a little break, a two week break. And then I call them again and we organize the creative for the next month. Some of my clients, they design their own creative. So I don't have to worry about that at the beginning of each month or towards the beginning of each month, they will send me their ads. And then I just plug it into our system. But when it comes to, because for the day, the creative services are included in all of our packages. You don't have to pay for us to do the creative and design work. Um, So there are a lot of clients that take advantage of that.
1: So if you, uh, so for someone of a small business that wanted to put their own marketing calendar together, the basis would be to get your goal for that month set, maybe the quarter, a quarter ahead, January, February, March, April, May, all the way, that's what I want to get for that month and then the creative is still kind of not last minute but the last thing to get put together yeah
0: I I need to have an idea of what they're wanting to promote before I can put together a creative yeah if I went in there with a pre-designed ad and said this is what I want to run for January and they're like we don't do that in January like oh you know it just it looks bad on me I need to get the information to Properly create the ad program that they need for that month. And it might not just be one thing, it could be two things or three things for that month. They may want to advertise something different each of the weeks. You know, when Mm -hmm. let's say you're talking, you know, when you're talking like grocery stores and stuff, that's a weekly thing, man. It's like, you're like, okay, yeah, oh, wait, yeah. I mean, it's they have inserts that go out Thursdays and Sundays. It's like, it's crazy, you know. But the cool thing about those big, you know, grocery stores is typically they have an agency so you deal with someone the agency typically does all the design work it's just more of me scheduling it through our system yeah so but it's still a lot of contact you know
1: oh yeah i can only imagine so last two questions for you
0: all right what
1: do you like to do in your free time
0: man you know what um i've been doing a lot of like DIY stuff like do-it-yourself stuff around the house and I've been buying cool new tools <laughs> and, and I mean it, it sounds funny but I'm really getting into like doing stuff myself like I did my fireplace myself I repaired a door myself we went out and cleared a lot of stuff but I do need to give you a call after this I have a <laughs> project for you um but yeah, I been, you know, and doing stuff with my kids, they, you know, unfortunately the basketball season ended early, um, but I volunteer refing for their league. I love to play basketball. We do a lot of kayaking and hiking um, and we're big foodies too. When we find a good restaurant, we like finding good restaurants. So. Well, down in
1: Texas, you guys take food seriously. So.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- You deal with a lot of business
1: owners. Uh, In your opinion, what defines a successful business owner?
0: It doesn't have
1: to be the money aspect either.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, a successful business owner, I'll tell you this, especially for small businesses, um, if you do what you say you're going to do, follow up with any kind of... um, what do you call it? Business that someone may refer to you, mm-hmm. um, right? Treat your employees well and keep a good eye on the books. I think those are some of the biggest things that can help an uh, a business. I mean, obviously the number one thing is being good at what you do, you know, it, and that goes along with do what you say you're going to do. So if I, uh, if someone comes to me and says, I need you to do this, and I say, yeah, but I don't do it, why would they ever come back to me, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think following up with what you say, um, you know, treating your employees well, because without your employees, you know, it's hard to do everything yourself. <laughs> um, treating your employees with respect, treating them well, following up with what uh, people, business people give you because a lot of the industry you know and we didn't get into this in the podcast is word of mouth you know
1: we should almost do a follow-up because i (laughs) i probably have about 15 (laughs) other questions that i either didn't ask or want to ask yeah
0: no man i mean i enjoyed it you know i appreciate you uh having me on and you know i think it's great so i appreciate you having me man no i i
1: Appreciate you coming, because definitely marketing's that one thing that we all want to do, but we don't understand at least yeah. most of us, so it, to yeah. shed some light on how they might be able to do it themselves for a little while or show how important it is to get somebody to do it for you but, yeah uh, so how can people get in touch with you or get in touch with the day?
0: Okay, so um my email address is c dot elliot at the day.com. dot com so that's c dot e L L I o double T at the day.com. dot com and my cell phone number is eight six oh nine eight four two one eight one um and that's the best way right now especially because i'm working from home my office number's kind of useless <laughs> yeah but yeah and you know i'm more than happy to help anyone with anything um i can do meetings through zoom just like this and you know even if they're not in my territory i can direct them to the other qualified person that works with me in the, that runs their territory so um i do want to reiterate the um www. The day.com backslash supporting business. Any business. Thanks for listening to the CT Business so Podcast. Subscribe now so you never no miss cash, an episode. No Are nothing, you a Connecticut business owner? We want to hear your story. Connect with start, us on YouTube,
1: start. Instagram, yes, and Facebook so at CT Business Podcast.
0: I appreciate it, Jordan. Thanks a lot, man. No problem.